Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and I got with me my friend, Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. It's good to be back. Did you have a good spring break? I did have a good spring break. Um, We had a pastors and shepherd leaders retreat for the first part of it, so we spent some time uh, with our leadership at church. Um, But I remember that you went on a little trip to Bolivia. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, we went to Bolivia. Okay, that was a little bit about that. (laughs) Maybe a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, we went, uh, we took a team of uh, 15 of us down to to the country of Bolivia, got to uh, travel with our, uh, one of our regional coordinators, John Michael Poulin from Mississippi. Love John Michael. He was just a great travel guide and much more than that for us, but just a a blessing to be with him. Uh, It was a cool trip for me specifically, and this is probably what I'll, I'll say right now, just because uh, we got to take six of our teenagers from our, mm. our student ministry. And uh, it's just been uh, a goal of mine to be able to take uh, take students on an international trip. It, um, it, it's, a, it's a personal goal just to be able to take them at least once before they graduate high school. And, uh, and so to be able to to have that opportunity and do that uh, in Bolivia with John Michael and the other adults that got to go with us was a was an incredible blessing. So the Lord blessed our time while we were there. We were able to accomplish a, a lot of work, meet a lot of great people and make some great contacts and uh, excited about what the Lord might might do in the future with uh, with us in Bolivia. We'll see. That's great. What was the, the primary purpose behind the trip? I'd say we had two. Uh, so Brother Cliff, our pastor, um, uh, along with uh, a couple of others, were leading some pastors in just some basic preaching training and just talking about expositional preaching. And so that while that was happening, uh, the rest of us and our team, uh, we were uh, doing some physical labor, painting uh, the, the meeting place that they were, that they had the preaching uh, training in. Uh, we ended up doing a lot of other just kind of physical labor as well. Got to play some soccer with, uh, uh, or football, football. with, uh, with, some of the, the locals there. And anyway, had a, had a great time. Today, we're going to be talking with Jonathan, Jonathan Kofer. Uh, Jonathan just completed his work on his doctor of education. Um, and we're excited about that. He'll tell us more in just a moment. But another place that's concerned about education is Central Baptist College of Conway. And so if you have a student that is looking for that next step in their educational journey, have them check out Central Baptist College. You can find out more information at cbc.edu. They are great friends of ours and of the podcast, and we just we're thankful for them. And so if you have a student that's in that place, have, it, have them check it out at cbc.edu. Well, again, today, Jonathan Cover is going to be sharing with us. We're going to be talking about a family ministry and helping parents disciple their teenagers. And so we're excited about that. We're excited about learning what he has to share. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you very much. I'm excited to, to be with you guys today. Jonathan, I guess we should start calling you Dr. Kofer, shouldn't we? That's going to be weird. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, no requirement there. But mm-hmm. uh, so some, of my, some of my kids in the youth group know him as the Kofmeister. And so I think it's going to turn into Dr. Kofmeister. Dr. Kofmeister. Yeah, my, my <laughs> students, because I'm bald now. My students last night were calling me all kinds of stuff. Dr. Dome, you know, or. (laughs) Yeah. All kinds of stuff, man. That's great. So, yeah. Jonathan, what is officially the name of your degree? It is a doctorate in education ministry focused on family ministry. That's fantastic. From Southwestern? Is that where? From Southwestern. Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is fresh on your mind because I, if I understand correctly, you defended your dissertation just yesterday. I did. And my brain was completely done after I finished. And I still feel a little bit of that. But, yeah. uh, but I'm here today to you know share as much as I can. You bet. You bet. Yeah. Well, for any of our listeners who might be kind of at that same stage thinking, okay, I've got my master's, whether it's a master of arts or master of divinity, and I'm considering the next step in education, what might you say to them? All right. Jokingly, I say don't do it, but then, <laughs> you know, but, but truly pray about it. You know, really, and, and then if you're married with your spouse, pray through it because it is it's taxing and um, there's going to be many moments to where you have the weight on your shoulders and, and it's a big deal. And doctorate level work is, is certainly uh, worth it and it is uh, rewarding and the Lord will use that. But, you know, I would definitely say don't just, just do it unless you know the Lord is saying yes to that. Mm. So it is a big commitment. Uh, when I began my journey at Midwestern, one of the uh, instructors at the very beginning said, you're about to enter the three to four, five year hardest years of your life. And I was like, oh, wow. Thank you for that encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's been many moments. So, you know, uh, I mean, I've lost countless hours of just sleep, of uh, stress. Yeah. There's been moments to where I just, just, I put off everything else just to focus on that. And so... You know, it, it was definitely worth it, and it was uh, a long three years. But um, I can for sure say that I feel more strongly about the Lord's calling in my life now than even before the doctoral process was there, and um, and it's just been it's been incredible just to see my heart uh, towards parents, even and towards people, uh, people knowing the Lord Jesus as Savior, and uh, and so. I'm excited to see what God's going to do with it, you know, going forward. For some of our listeners, they may not be aware, but there are different types of doctorates. There's PhD, there's doctor of ministry, there's a doctor of educational ministry. They all look a little bit different. PhD is a degree where someone does a lot of research and spends a lot of time reading and writing. Um, But when you get to a degree like the one I'm working on, the one that uh, Jonathan has just finished, there is a project aspect of that. And so he had to come up with this project, put it together, put it in place, and then write about it and then defend it. And so we're just, man, we're proud. We're proud as fellow youth pastors, student pastors here in the Baptist Missionary Association of America, uh, that one of our own has finished this level of work because it's a big deal. Um, We need to have men 
and others that are, you know, just spending time thinking about some things. And you mentioned it, parents is kind of where you focused, and we've talked about it as we introduced you, that we're going to be talking about equipping parents for discipleship ministry in their own homes. And specifically, I think you focused in on teenagers. But man, you can't separate student ministry from the family. They are interconnected. And so I know that my title, even where I'm at, is pastor of family ministries. And I have to have a different mindset than the good old days of when I would just have a youth group meeting, teach them, and then be done with it. <laughs> there was something, yes. you know, there's, yes. it, we have to think of it differently. And so today, I just wanted to give you an opportunity, an opportunity to share some of the big things that you've learned during this process about family ministry and about equipping parents. Absolutely. Really, before I jumped into the doctorate, I, I had this passion just to make sure that Christ was the center of my home. And I wanted to to help families make Christ the center of their home. And um, it, it really didn't take much for me to decide what I was going to write on whenever I, I was coming down with uh, the project and, and what it was going to be about. I knew I wanted to help families make Christ the center of the home, and uh, but how to do that. One of the things I found out through the research, through the project, my project was teaching parents at Antioch Baptist how to uh, disciple in the home. And, and just through that, I, and I knew from reading and different things that I found in the research that this was true, but just talking with these parents, knowing that they know their calling, they know that they're called to uh, equip and to teach their children the ways of the Lord, but really there's not been anyone to come alongside of them to help them understand and help them know how to do it. And so if you were to say, Mom and Dad, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your might. And as you're doing that, diligently teach that to your children, as it says in Deuteronomy 6. And, and even in that passage, there's this idea of repetitiveness. It, it, there's something consistent there. And so you say, Mom and Dad, teach your children the ways of the Lord. They might think, how? <laughs> you know, like I want to, but how? And... And the more I researched and learned that through history, you can look from the time of the early church right after Christ. You can look through the times it goes through the Reformation age and into the Puritan age, all the way to modern times where it's been important that families are discipling in the home. There was a time right before the Puritan age where that kind of stopped because the Bibles really weren't in every home. It was harder to get a, a copy of the Word, and so they may have had to, to stick to, you know, uh, like an Apostles' Creed or uh, different things like the Lord's Prayer. And and that was where they had to really just study and, and trust in that. But later, I mean, the Word was everywhere, and, and it's just been important. It's actually interesting in the Puritan age, the Puritan pastors would go into the home and they would uh, check and see if mom and dad are doing it right. Like, hmm. hey, are you praying with your kids? Are you spending time in the word of God? And uh, Richard Baxter, uh, a Puritan pastor, he uh, he was one of the ones that wrote about that. And and I'm like, whoo. And there would even be church discipline, in fact, if you weren't. And I'm just thinking, wow, like, okay, now I tell a parent today, go disciple in the home. And they're like, what are you talking about, Co? And it's not like their desire is not there, but they just don't know. And 
If you keep looking through history, you see through the Industrial Revolution, how fathers started going off and working outside of the home. And um, and then even even more recent in the 60s, 70s, the movie that just came out, The Jesus Revolution, where this, this big hippie movement started with, with even parachurches coming in and saying, hey, come here, we'll love you and show you Christ. And they started doing that. And the church says, well, how can we help in that in that way? So let's hire a young youth pastor that's cool and hip and and we'll throw them in there and teach and and uh, invest in these teenagers. And, and that's really been the model since then. And I think where we need to get to today is just this idea of we're not supposed to just focus on teenagers, but we're supposed to focus on mom and dad. We're supposed to focus on leaders and the students. And so as we're focusing on parents, intentionally investing in those parents is is a huge deal and making sure that parents know they matter and be able to equip them because it's it's you got to do more than just say hey you you're called to disciple in the home timothy paul jones a, a well-known author and family ministry wrote in his book family ministry field guide that 90 percent of, of parents know their calling they're just not doing it and i think a lot of that is well honestly were you ever discipled you know, when you were saved and you were baptized in the church, did someone intentionally come alongside of you and and disciple you? And, and a large portion would tell you, no, I, I was not. That was true even in my class and my project that I did. A, a large portion of those families said, you know, <laughs> no, that's never happened for us. And so when you say disciple, what does that really mean? You know, and, and at Antioch, we try to say, well, it means this. It's a disciple is someone who follows after Christ. A disciple is someone who is changed by Christ. And a disciple is someone who is committed to the mission of Christ. And that's a definition out of uh, Real Life Discipleship, Jim Putman. So what does that mean in the home? And, man, that's just really where, where I focused in on is how to help parents know how to uh, to start Christ conversations with their kids, how to open up the Word of God with their families, how to uh, pray as a family, and and uh, and just spend a time of, in family worshiping the Lord together. So that's really what I, what I helped them to do. And one cool thing that came out of that was I'm like, okay, parents, there you have to, you have homework with this. And one of the things I want you to do is uh, I want you to go home one night and share your testimony with your kids. Maybe they don't know it. They don't know how you were saved. And, and I want you to do that. Then I want your, your kids to share their testimony with you. And so they uh, they did that. And one family came back and said, well, I'm sharing my testimony with my two boys. And uh, I shared it. Then my bo- one of my boys shared it. Then the other boy said, I, I don't have a testimony. And the father was able to lead his son to the Lord that night. And just, I think, you know, and I shared that in my, in my defense yesterday, I started crying, you know, it's just, it was like such a neat moment to know that it is a big deal that parents are equipping their kids and your kids will value what they value. And it's just a big deal that parents are investing in their kids. And when they put Christ first in their lives and then equip their kids, it goes a long way. So Yeah. Yeah. Without that intentional moment that you helped create, that boy's spiritual life might have remained uninitiated. I mean, it was right. just 
just so exciting to hear that. You know, we know that that God is the one who provides salvation, but it's just that father had a unique opportunity. And I love hearing that. Let me ask a couple of questions. The first is really for our listeners' sake. We typically have a lot of small to mid-sized churches and student ministry workers in those those spaces. that are the ones that are listening. Uh, tell us a little bit about your church, about Antioch, where you are serving as the high school pastor. Antioch is it's a fairly larger church. We we may run around a thousand on Sundays, and uh, we have a multi-staff here at the church where I'm the high school pastor. So I, I minister to ninth through twelfth graders, and then we have middle school students, fifth through eighth. We have uh, a guy, Ethan, who is over them. And um, the student ministries are pretty about pretty much about the same size, and, and that's exciting. And we work side by side, and that's exciting as well, just going towards the same purpose. You know, Antioch is in a, in a community that is, uh, you know, has a lot of college students. Uh, we're in a city of colleges, so there's lots of college students. But there's also a lot of families, younger families and families that have teenagers. So that that's really an exciting thing, just be able to be in that in that environment, in that culture. Yeah. Where there's lots of yeah. families. Well, one of the big questions that I have is, and it, it really kind of, it's going to hit for Chris as well. Um, you are in your early 30s, correct? Almost 35, Dan. I don't know if that oh makes you mid-30s or what. It's kind of gross. <laughs> old. 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 No, that's not old. You know, yeah. as a youngin still. <laughs> but here's, here's the question. You are probably still younger than most of the parents of the students that are in your ministry. Um, how do you navigate that issue? Because a lot of guys, a lot of, you know, a lot of girls that are serving as student ministry workers, that's the place. They are younger. But we know that part of the calling that we have is to equip parents. And that's exactly what you were working on. So how did you navigate that? Um, a large portion of it is that you, the parents know that you love them and that you're there to support them. You're there to support their teenagers. And so for me, I make sure I'm there. You know, I'm just there whenever a teenager has something going on. I, I want to be there and I want to be supporting them. Whatever it is, sporting events, whether it's a choir type of thing or, or whatever they have got going on and and just constant support of, of both. And one of the things that I always do is I just tell the parents, I care about you so much. And and I remember when I was first starting in student ministry, I was twenty years old and I was scared to death of parents, you know. I was like, I don't wanna do I don't wanna deal with that. And uh, the parents are scary. And, and now parents really become some of my best friends. And, and even if they are older, although I'm creeping up on several of them, you know, within three or four years of a span. But I just think the more that you're genuine, the more that they just know you love Jesus and you love them, it just naturally flows. And, and that's what I've seen. Just, I'm, I want to make sure that I am constantly telling them they matter and why they matter and, and showing them scripture and just being faithful to love them. Chris, how have you navigated that? Because, you know, for me, that's far removed. I'm 50. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, yes, there was, there was a period where I was much younger. Then I was the same age. And now I'm 
older. And so here I am. (laughs) But Chris, you're kind of still in that same space. So what's that look like? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the youngest of the three of us, by the way. I'm so, you know, I'm, I just want to make that known. You guys are old. I'm not, (laughs) but the, uh, yeah, I I would say Dan, like imperfectly, you know, I mean, I I think, I think what we're talking about here is one, when you've got such a, when we start out in student ministry, most of the time we are, like you said, we're, we're young twenties. I mean, I mean, he was barely 20, you know, when he started and, and so, but we all have different starting points, but I think, I think, what is kind of common, what we see is what you're saying. There, there's, there's a lot of young guys who are starting out in ministry. And so this is very much a, uh, uh, you know, pertinent to, to many. And I, I would just say you, you learn as you go. But for me personally, I was always, I, I agree exactly with what Dr. Kofe said, just said. And, and I would say also that I, I just try to ask a lot of questions. I think I think I don't think you need to come in there acting like you know everything. Uh, I think it's I think it's wise to ask a lot of questions. Ask questions of the parents. Ask questions of people who've been in your shoes before. It's just like you're asking questions now, and and I know that there's people listening that would would want to ask questions. Hey, how have you navigated this? And so I would just say, don't be afraid to ask honest, good questions. And I think that comes out of what Kofer was saying in terms of like you you have to genuinely care for the people that you're ministering to. And know that the the people you're ministering to is not just the teenagers, but it is it is it's parents, it's family units, right? And every family is different, but I think you you show them that you genuinely care by you by asking them genuine good questions. And then I would just probably say one other thing, and we probably talk a lot, but I'd say one other thing that I've I've always tried to do is I've tried to make much of the parents. Uh, and so in other words, I don't want to be a person who just tries to get buddy, buddy with the teenager and, and undermines the parent's authority. That's not my role. And if that's the role that I take, then I'm, I'm quickly going to lose the respect of parents. I'm quickly going to lose any kind of validity in what I'm, what I'm really trying to do in ministry. And, and I think we have to be careful with certain things that we just kind of ingest say, you know, I, I've always been careful to not in any kind of jokingly way, tell a, tell a, a kid, uh, I don't care what your parents said, you do what I say, you know? And so and I, I think we've all probably heard that before just in joking, but I don't even want to joke that way. Cause I don't even want to put that thought in their head. I want them to know that, no, listen, you, you listen to mom and dad, you listen to your parents. And then, and so it's a matter of you as a youth pastor, recognizing the role that you have, right. And, and owning that and, and being faithful in that and not trying to not trying to do too much and certainly not trying to undermine the parents. So in other words, champion the parents as the primary disciple makers and as the authority in their home. What do you think, Kof? Yeah. Um, as you're talking, I was just thinking too, um, just some more practical stuff, be a man of your word, mm-hmm. right? Do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And, and I think that goes a long way. Dress the part, right? Don't, don't just be sloppy and that kind of thing. And, um, where your best just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but um, but just be a re- be respectable and Absolutely. and make sure that you do what you say you're going to do and you again you just show up and you love their love them well mm-hmm. that's good that's good let me ask you what are some practical things that we can do some maybe some things that you learned through the process of your project that we can do to help equip our parents for the work of discipleship I would start off by just bringing parents together 
and do more than just tell them about the events, right? I think that's a lot of times if we're going to have a parent meeting, we may say, okay, well, here's all the stuff's going on and here you go. But I think be intentional about when you get them, invest in them. And, um, and you may bring a scripture to, to tell them, you know, and to teach them something there. So I would start off with just being intentional, thinking through different ways that when you get parents together, you can equip and invest in them, too, and not just their teenager. So immediately, just instead of always, I've got to minister to teenagers all the time. Well, yeah, but also spend some time investing in their parents, too. And I've had student ministry professors who would say that you need to be spending just as much time and equipping and investing in parents. Another thing I would do is um, is be as helpful as you can to let parents know uh, what you're teaching and provide for them an opportunity to have conversations with their teenagers. And I would help guide those parents in maybe discussion questions about what you've taught or, um, you know, something like that. And then just uh, tell them, like, this is why you're getting this. And this is why I believe it's important. And here's why. It's because we, you know, and you can go into it. We had this command from Scripture, and it's really all over Scripture. And, and you can see Deuteronomy and Psalm 78 and Ephesians 6. Uh, it, it's just everywhere from, from Old Testament to New Testament. Train up your child in the way that they should go. And I think when they know that and you give them the tools that they can have, to do that, it, it's powerful. And so those are a couple of thoughts I had just right off the top of my head of just be intentional to give them what they need to invest. And the last thing I would say is uh, find a good book that you could give them and uh, and maybe even go through it with them if you can figure that out in timing. But uh, a book that I have uh, really come to love and give to parents constantly is called Family Worship by Donald Whitney. And uh, it's a short book, but it shows a parent how to disciple in the home. And and his idea is read, pray, and sing. And so we're going to spend time. You don't have to to develop this lesson. You don't have to get in, into anything too crazy, but just open the Word of God with your your family and um, and spend time showing parents how to do that. So uh, those are just a few things. Jonathan, how do you help parents not feel like failures in this situation? Because, you know, you're dealing with ninth through 12th graders and they may not have done any of these things leading up to that point. So there's this sense of guilt. I mean, I yes. experience it myself at times. I'm like, yes. I didn't do enough for my kids in those yes. areas. So how do you help that? So Donald Whitney actually said in the family worship book, he said, you know, fathers, if you haven't done it, that's really OK. But ask forgiveness and start it. And and that's kind of the thought of just saying, you know what, parents, I'm going to be real with you. It, this is hard work and investing in your family needs to be intentional. And I think just I think if you do it in a loving way as you're helping parents just kind of understand their calling, because they already know it. They already feel it. They just never been shown how to do it. Mm-hmm. And and so just helping them navigate that and give them opportunities just to start with, hey, go home and talk to your teenager about how, what Christ did in your life today. You know, just start small and Hey, next week, go home and, and just pray with your kid, you know, ask them how they can pray for you. Uh, you know, go back and forth, pray for each other and, and go that direction. And, 
what I found was in the class that I taught, uh, there were many moments where it was awkward, right? Because mom and dad were like, yeah, I've never done that. Uh, and, um, and it does feel like there's some failure there. But I think truly, um, if you do that with love and you help the parent uh, and teach them what to do, then it's going to be all right, you know, and, and the parent is going to be receptive. Well, Jonathan, I thank you so much for, for sharing, you know, some of the things that you've learned, some of the things that you've done. I know that that's a, it's on our hearts. We want to help parents in this process. And there, there's some built-in difficulties because again, many of us that are serving student ministry may be younger than the parents we're working with. So there's this immediate wall that some put up, um, but you've given us some great things to think about as well as uh, Chris did as well. So Chris, what, what type of questions might you have for, for Dr. Kofi? Man, what questions do I not have is the, the better one. I've got, <laughs> I've got a lot. You've asked, a, you've, you've asked a, a lot of great ones, Dan. I think at this point, it's probably best for me just to say, let's, let's wait till part two with Dr. Kofi because that would be great. Uh, Cause I'm be afraid great. if I open up the questions that I've got, we're going to be here for another <laughs> half hour or more and, or longer. So uh, anyway, but I, I do want to, I do want to say Kofi, I appreciate you uh, so much. Appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your heart for ministry. Um, you have, you've, when the Lord, when the Lord called you, uh, there's no denying that, uh, that he did so. And, um, and you've been following him faithfully. And so I'm very excited for you, my friend, just that you've reached this milestone and uh, for what it means for you and your family and, I think more importantly, I just want to say I, I love seeing what you're doing at Antioch in Conway and just uh, how the Lord's blessing blessing there. So thankful for you, my friend. No, I appreciate you too, brother. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, man, I love it. I love having the opportunity just to share about what God's doing and about parents, how we can invest in them and love them better. Well, listener, thank you so much for joining us today as we've talked about helping parents disciple their students a little bit better. There are some built-in problems, some difficulties that we face as, as student ministry workers, but those parents are struggling every day. All three of us here have, have kids of our own, and we're at different places in that journey. Um, I look back on some of those days and Chris and Jonathan have some things to look forward to, but we all know that this great calling that we have is to disciple our children. And whether they are in elementary school or junior high or high school, we want to do that and we want to share that. And so whatever we can do to help you in that process, let me encourage you. Uh, we'll include a, a link to Jonathan's email if you have any specific questions for him. You can also reach out to him through uh, Antioch Baptist Church in Conway, Arkansas. And so we'll have some, again, some of those links. We love you. We care about you. And we want to keep working and serving together because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.